In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. One of the most effective advertising mechanisms is the before and after photo. Now, I don't say this as someone who has any formal training in advertising, uh, but just as a consumer. And I must be right, uh, because I see them all over the place. Uh, Workout videos, uh, interior designers, auto paint and body shops, dentists, they all use the before and after photos. Uh, And obviously what makes this device compelling to consumers like me is the ability to see the contrast. The contrast makes all the difference. If they only showed you the before photo, but they didn't show you the finished product, you wouldn't buy what they were selling. And this is a little of what we see in our text uh, from Luke's Gospel this morning. Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem for the very reason that He came in the first place. He is on His way to the cross. And as He approaches a village on the way, ten lepers cry out to Him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. In the Old Testament book of Leviticus, there are all sorts of laws describing what to do in the case of leprosy. By law, the lepers had to stay outside the city, both to prevent the spread of disease, but also to preserve the purity of God's people, to reflect God's holiness. So as long as they had the disease, the lepers were unclean. So these ten lepers, they would have been outcasts. They, they couldn't conduct business. They couldn't participate in worship. They couldn't even go home to their families. And not only that, they bore the specter of a sort of religiousized social disapproval. Because it was assumed that God had brought leprosy on them as a judgment for a particular sin. And so they were outcasts in the extreme. And they could have come from any, any strata of society, from the highest to the lowest. But now, here they all were together, by law, undignified, unclean, at the bottom of the barrel. And that is right where Jesus meets them. And what may seem strange at the outset is that all ten start out doing the right thing. They cry out to Jesus. They seem to recognize that they had no power in themselves to help themselves. They cry out to Jesus. And Jesus does have mercy on them. He says, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And so all ten recognize their inability to fix themselves. All ten cry out to Jesus, demonstrating at least some confidence that He has the ability to save them. All ten even show obedience to Jesus and to the law as they go and show themselves to the priests. And all ten receive the cleansing that Christ offers. But only one turns back to give thanks. So what's the difference? They all cried out to Jesus in their need. They all received mercy. 
What distinguishes the one from the nine? Well, the text only tells us one thing. He saw that he was healed. He saw that he was healed. He saw the contrast, the after picture in light of the before. He saw the after picture of clean, smooth skin. The after picture of being allowed back into the city and being able to go home to his family and to work and provide for them. He saw the after picture of restored dignity and wholeness. He saw all of it in light of the before picture of his sick physical condition and his social and religious exile. He saw that he was healed. Now, presumably, the nine noticed that their skin had cleared up too, but they were simply consumers of the grace that God had given to them. They had cried out to Jesus in their time of need and He had answered their cry and they had even received His cleansing grace, but but there was no heart change. Without so much as a word of thanks, they grabbed the healing that they assumed was properly theirs anyway and they returned to business as usual. They went back to board meetings and shuttling kids to piano and baseball practice uh, to worry and to people-pleasing and ladder-climbing. They went back to frantically propping up their image or their reputation, trying to do it all, often at a cost to themselves and to those they loved. They returned to the hamster wheel of endless earning and proving and maintenance and management and control. It's back to business as usual. To the way of the world. The nine received the grace of Jesus Christ, but they failed to see the after in light of the before, and there was no enduring effect on their lives. Am I I being too harsh on these guys? Am I reading something back into the text? Uh, Perhaps. But let me tell you, I know these guys. Because all too often I am uh, these guys. You may be too. For my money, these nine were Christians in the American South. They have some measure of belief and obedience. They know the vocabulary. They grew up in the church. They even have received the word of cleansing. But their hearts are not changed. Whatever faith they think they have has no real intersection with their lives. I can remember an episode uh, when I was in middle school. I had a conversation with a girl who lived up the street. She was in college. Anytime I could have a conversation with a college girl, that was a win. Um, And and somewhere in that conversation, she said that she had become a Christian. And I remember thinking, what were you before? I mean, I figured I was a Christian because I was an American. I mean, I knew I was Southern by the grace of God. But I... um, (laughs) I grew up in the downtown Episcopal Cathedral. And I took communion. But I never even knew that there was, there was there's more available than an hour on Sunday morning. I didn't understand the, the before and the after. The, the reality of my separation from God, which was completely consumed by God's grace, and now fully whole and redeemed and restored and accepted by His word of cleansing. From the cross. To be a Christian 
is to know the joy of the one who turns back in thanksgiving for what has been done on his behalf. The one who sees his healing, who sees the contrast, the before and after. And we see from this man the only, really the only proper response for the grace of God. Repentance and gratitude. He turns back to Jesus and he gives Jesus thanks. That's the whole Christian life. Right there. If, If Christianity really, really is not about our performance, but about His grace and mercy from the cross and the empty tomb, if we really bring nothing to our salvation but the sin from which we're saved, then our life in Christ is joyful repentance and gratitude. We find an area where we're walking apart from Christ. We turn to Jesus and we give Him thanks. We find an area where we are ungrateful. We're not honoring Him. We turn back to Jesus and we give Him thanks. We don't buckle down. We don't rely on our own efforts. We turn to Jesus. We give Him thanks. And once again, time and again, we come under the the kindness of Christ. St. Paul wrote... It's His kindness that brings us to repentance. And so if you're here this morning and you find yourself more of a consumer of God's grace than a worshiper of Jesus Christ, then take a look at the contrast between what Jesus has declared to be true about you based on what He has done for you on the cross and life without Him. Holy, accepted by grace, clean, versus having to do it on your own, performance-ism pressure. And turn back to Jesus and give Him thanks, joyfully, falling down at the feet of our Savior, before and after, repentance and gratitude. Amen.